Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new edition of the OPC Foundation podcast, the home of industrial interoperability. My name is Peter Seberg, and I'm your host. Today, we'll be talking to Peter Lutz. Peter is Director of Field-Level Communications from the OPC Foundation. And Field-Level Communication, also known as FLC, will be the topic of today's interview. Amongst other things, Peter will provide some background information about the FLC initiative. He will talk about goals, the parties involved, committees, working groups. He will share relevant use cases, specifically extending those OPCUA has been covering so far. And he will tell us how FLC will adapt to upcoming trends and technologies. Many other things. Hello, Peter. Thanks for joining. How are you? I'm doing fine, Peter. Thank you. And also thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about the really exciting FLC initiative. As you say, we'll get to that in a moment. It's a real exciting topic. And I'm sure that many, many listeners are really looking forward to what it is that you have to tell us. Let's start at the start. Peter, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Where are you from? What is your role at the OPC Foundation? What have you been doing before? We just quickly chatted about it before. And what has been your involvement to date with OPC Technology and the OPC Foundation? Yeah, so I'm living in the south of Germany, close to the area of Stuttgart. So somehow between Stuttgart and Munich. I have been hired by the OPC Foundation in April 2019 to coordinate the FLC initiative as a as a full-time director. My own background is industrial automation, open control systems, communication solutions, and international standardization. For more than 20 years, I have been in charge of running the Salkos user organization, developing and promoting an open, standardized, real-time communication solution for automation. And in my previous job, I was already involved in some cooperative projects with the OPC Foundation. So, for example, we had together launched the Machinery Initiative back in 2011, And we also started to work on a OPC way companion spec for the Sarkos automation bus back in 2014. Very good. There's many topics where you and I have been uh, communicating and working together as well, which is absolutely so to say. And, and we'll get to some of uh, those topics later on. So the OPC Foundation launched the Field Level Communications Initiative, uh, since then known as uh, FLC, back in November 2018. Can you provide some background information about the initiative? What are the goals and uh, what results can be expected? Certainly, I can do. So as the name field-level communications already indicates, the initiative is about bringing OPC UA down to the field level. So field-level is certainly the area close to the production process and typically understood as the interface between the control level and the production itself. And by extending to that field level, OPC UA becomes a unified open IIoT communication solution that really fully scales from 
field to cloud and vice versa as well. And to be really successful with this approach, OPCOA has to be extended with certain features and, and functions. For example, motion, functional safety and determinism, but there are many other features as well in order to meet the diverse requirements for factory and process automation. And this is, this is what FLC is looking at, what needs to be extended to the OPC way ecosystem. Very good. Field to cloud and vice versa and many extensions of which I think most of in general we will talk about today and some of them I will be having interviews with other persons in the upcoming weeks and months. What are the active parties that are involved in the FLC initiative and how is the initiative being organized? What is the relationship to other committees, working groups in the OPC Foundation? Yes, yeah, so first of all, the technical work is done by various working groups. We call them FLC, technical working groups. And in these groups, we have currently more than 200 experts active that come from more than, I would assume, 50 to 60 member companies of the OPC Foundation. So these groups work on the, on the specifications. They have to ensure uh, the technical feasibility of these extensions I just talked about, and they have to make sure certainly that the specs and the technology is easy to use. And finally, what is the essential part? They have to ensure interoperability across vendors, across products. So this is about the technical work. We have also established a steering committee in this steering committee, we have currently 26 member companies, among them the, the market leaders in industrial automation. And these companies are bringing in additional financial budget, additional manpower, and also very important, their specific know-how from their experience 20 years with field bus technologies, especially. The steering committee where these 26 companies contribute is responsible for elaborating the requirements for the technical solution. And this steering committee is also defining the roadmap that is, so to say, serving as a guideline for the technical work open for all OPC Foundation members. But I want to mention that also the steering committee is open to all interested companies that want to participate in that. Finally, I think one important aspect I should mention, the FLC steering committee is not acting independently because it's part of the OPC Foundation, but this steering committee is closely aligned with the OPC Foundation committees, including board of directors, marketing control board, technical control board. And this is important because we want to ensure a consistent technical solution for all the different use cases across the various industries and the various markets. 200 experts, you say, from 50 to 60 companies, of which uh, 26 and many more market leaders of the automation uh, globally. It kind of represents, I guess, the importance and the huge global interest in this initiative will come back to this very topic a bit later on. So what are the use cases that the FLC is focusing on and 
Uh, how does this extend the use cases that uh, OPC UA has been covering until today? If we look at OPC UA today, already a lot of different use cases are covered. For example, the connectivity between control systems and HMI, SCADA, MES, ERP systems, also local OT communication, and not to forget the connectivity to the cloud. Nevertheless, the connectivity from control system down to the field level and also the connectivity between control systems, if it comes to determinism, this is not covered by OPC UA today. This is the area where we have all the various field buses today in the market, especially when it comes to those specific automation requirements, for example, determinism, functional safety, motion, remote IOs, these are all the requirements we have in the field level. Therefore, FLC is focusing on the use cases controller to controller. This is, let's say, the horizontal integration. And then, very important, the controller to field device. This is then vertical integration, also including what we name device to device. This is when field devices want to communicate directly with each other. And for all these different use cases, we are adding the direct IIoT connectivity to support the vertical integration and the full scalability across all the levels and across all the layers within a factory and even beyond up to the cloud. So with this approach, OPC UA is a completely unique technology that provides consistency across IT and OT and also supporting the convergence and, and harmonization for industrial automation in discrete and continuous manufacturing. Thanks for, for giving us that overview of specifically where FLC will be extending the OPC technology functionality. You mentioned deterministic communication. We'll get to that in a moment again for those listeners that maybe are not used to the terminology. Let's go one step deeper after this overview that you gave us. What is the technical solution approach for FLC? So how does the FLC initiative address the requirements of the different industries and markets? So first of all, important is that FLC is building upon today's OPC way framework, which is standardized in IC 62541. And the extensions are fully compatible with it. FLC makes, as I said before, extensions. So the FLC is looking what additional mechanisms are needed for covering all the different types of automation components. And for that, different features are specified, for example, state machines, basic diagnosis, bootstrapping mechanisms, connection establishment, and very important, offline engineering. In addition, the semantics are specified for the different types of automation components. This is what we call facets for device-specific functionality. And to give a few examples, we work, for example, on a motion facet to cover motion devices such as servo drives, frequency converters. 
We are working on a, a safety facet to support the interaction of uh, safety critical devices. And we, for example, work on an I.O. facet for remote and distributed I.O.s. In addition to these facets, FLC is then also defining so-called profiles. And this is when we define the mandatory facets for specific automation devices, because this is then the enabler for cross-vendor interoperability. Thank you for explaining that additional functionality, facets, profiles. At the end, uh, for those listeners that say, oh, I'd like to know more, get into more detail, we do a bit of that today during the interview, but also later on, you're going to be able to get more information from the websites. So we'll discuss that later on. So FLC is often mentioned in the context of other technologies and standards, such as APL, TSN, 5G, also Wi-Fi 6. Can you explain what role these technologies play and why especially APL and TSN are so important for FLC? And before you do that, or somewhere as part of your answering, as you just mentioned, deterministic communication, you may want to explain for those listeners that are not aware of what that means, what specifically deterministic communication means. Yes, yeah, so determinism is an essential feature if you want to cover field communications. This is because for controlling processes and the production, you need deterministic behavior. You need to have special cycle times covered. You have to reduce the chitter to make sure the data is already at the right place at the right time. And this is where different standards come into play that allow deterministic communication and supporting then real-time applications. As I mentioned before, OPCUA is, a, is an industrial framework, and this can be used in combination with different underlying transport systems and also different transmission physics. The OPC Foundation and the FLC initiative are strongly committed to IEEE standards. And this is where we have standards such as the Advanced Physical Layer, APL, and Time-Sensitive Networking, TSN, which is the, the new generation of Ethernet supporting deterministic transmission. FLC is making use of a specific modeling of what we call the quality of service. And this modeling allows us to also easily adapt to other communication standards, for example, 5G, Wi-Fi 6. And this is how we can easily adapt to future trends and technologies. But because you asked for the specific importance of APL and TSN, I want to specifically explain why these two standards are so important. So APL is the enabler for adopting Ethernet in the process industry. The advanced physical layer provides seamless Ethernet connectivity down to the field level in combination with high bandwidth, intrinsic safety, and very important, transmitting power and data over one single shielded, a twisted pair cable. So this is then also the enabler of bringing OPCOA down to the field level in process industry. 
As we discussed about determinism before, this is then linking us to time-sensitive networking because this is enabling us to use Ethernet with a deterministic characteristic. And this is then enabling the convergence of industrial networks because you can use Ethernet TSN as a common unified network infrastructure that can be shared by different communication protocols. And in this case, we are supporting OPC UA over TSN. Very good. As I recall, as I was uh, involved in this technology while at uh, Softing in my former life, uh, TSN provides kind of built-in deterministic communication. Is that, can you put it that way? Or Yes, it has different mechanisms and features to support that deterministic behavior. Uh, nevertheless, because there are so many features defined by this uh, TSN standard, we are also looking into agreeing on a common profile together with the other organizations that are adopting TSN to really make sure that we can use one common infrastructure. And this is about that activity between uh, IEC and IEEE, the so-called 6802, that works on that industrial automation profile for TSN. Thanks for clarifying, Peter. Uh, can you explain how FLC is impacting the automation market and the world of industrial communication? Yes, as I tried to explain already before, the combination of OPCUA with the extensions done by FLC and then combining this with standards such as TSN APL, this really offers a complete open standardized and very important interoperable solution that covers, on the one hand side, the requirements of industrial automation, but at the same time is fully scalable from sensor to cloud, as we initially already discussed. And not only the connectivity itself is important, but I also want to highlight the semantic interoperability, which is then providing the real, let's say, plug and play, as it's typically called, because you need not only to standardize on the, the connectivity, but agree on a common semantics. And with this approach to have one consistent communication solution, we will overcome many of the limitations we have today with having the broad variety of field buses combined with OPC UA. We serve then the harmonization and convergence of the different ecosystems we have today. And therefore, I would, let's say, summarize that if we combine the technical solution approach with now the strong support that we have from all the major players in automation industry, OPC UA FLC is really having the potential to become the future universal industrial network standard. Just for clarification then, Peter, you mentioned a variety of field buses, the harmonization and uh, convergence amongst them. Does that mean that FLC is in competition with existing field bus systems like uh, Profinet, Ethernet, IP, and all the other ones? This is a question very often asked, and it's a little difficult to answer. Somehow, yes, there is somehow competition. But 
I want to emphasize the solution with OPCUA is not replacing existing field buses in a, let's say, disruptive way. Because this will be a mid to long term process and OPCUA and the various field bus technologies will coexist for many years. But I want to also emphasize that we can certainly expect that within, let's say, the next 10 years, OPCUA in combination with TSN and APL will become one of the leading field communication solutions and also with growing market shares. I want to also emphasize that especially the technologies we mentioned several times already, TSN, APL, both are protocol independent. And because of that, they are also driving the convergence and support the migration from the existing ecosystems, the existing field buses we have towards a common global OPC based ecosystem, which is then supported by all the major automation suppliers and the whole industry. So if I understand correctly, FLC more as a evolutionary rather than a revolutionary approach in relationship to existing field buses. Yeah, absolutely right. So can you talk a little bit about the roadmap for FLC? When can we expect first specifications and when will first products be available? Yeah, today we already have different OPCUA solutions available on the market from a large number of different providers used in a wide variety of applications. Also, we have first OPCUA devices with TSN at least presented as prototypes. Nevertheless, I want to emphasize that the specifications that really enable cross-vendor interoperability with all the combinations, TSN, APL, between controllers of different vendors, between controllers and field devices, these specifications are still in development. Nevertheless, we can expect very soon a first specification covering the controller-to-controller -controller use cases. This is what we expect for September, October as a first release candidate. And then I would expect later this year a public release of that spec. And out of that, we can also have first OPCUA products, hopefully with support of FLC during 2021. Looking forward to, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago about 200 experts from 50 to 60 companies. So all the big players amongst and in addition to many others in factory and process automation involved in the FLC initiative. What influence does this very fact have on the development process and the pace of progress? First of all, I think it's, it's really significant to highlight that all the big players in automation are supporting the FLC initiative and that they are active in the different working groups. And this is, this is important because it really constitutes a solid basis, a solid foundation to develop a unified and worldwide standard that is finally being accepted by the entire industry. But certainly because of all the different interests and different backgrounds of all these, especially major automation suppliers, the pace is not extremely fast. On the other hand side, 
I think what is more important to some short-term success is that we have sustainability and have the mid to long-term success and certainly doing the compromises between all these stakeholders is taking certain time, but this is how standardization works. Overall, I want to highlight that it's really remarkable how constructive and also how harmonious the cooperation between all the different companies has evolved. And this gives me a lot of optimism that we come to a good solution in the end that is getting that broad acceptance. Right. So to talk in Olympic terms, you're not running the 100 meters, but <laughs> the, uh, some kind of long distance. Yes, that's a good comparison, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, you do mention that the, uh, I think you said about there's 26 of the big players, wherever you put the um, the line, where it's big and where it's uh, middle big and smaller. But does that mean, and maybe you can also answer that later, there are also mid-size or maybe smaller companies involved and, and you're open. I mean, on one side, it is clear that you already have a big team of people, of experts uh, interested in the initiative, but and they both represent big, uh, middle-sized and small companies, right? Yeah, I think we certainly have all the different types of companies involved, especially in the technical working groups, also a lot of, of small and medium enterprises that are active. And It's actually really taking all of the different types of companies. We need the large stakeholders, the major automation suppliers to get that broad acceptance. But the open standard is mainly allowing then the smaller and the, the medium-sized companies actually to, to deliver their specific products to that ecosystem. And therefore, for the overall success, we need to involve the broad variety of, of companies and types of companies. Very good. Thank you for clarifying. One more specific, more technical question, then we'll slowly be closing off. Which are the steps taken to achieve a high degree of interoperability? Yeah, to, to really support interoperability across the vendors, across the, the various products, We certainly have different elements that we have to take care of. First of all, I already talked about the specifications elaborated by the technical working groups that define all the essential interfaces and behaviors. So this is the this starting point. But certainly, we also establish additional groups. I want to mention explicitly our prototyping working group with currently more than 30 team members, they are really taking care that the specifications are solid, they are complete, there are no ambiguities, and this is then serving the need of having uh, high-quality specifications. And in addition, we are also establishing a special working group for creating test specifications that are then converted to special test cases, test scripts that are being used with the OPC Foundation's compliance test tool, the CTT, which is then the tool for all the vendors and also for the certification test lab for executing conformance testing. So 
we make sure with specs, with prototyping and conformance testing that we can guarantee a high level of compliance. Thank you for mentioning the test facility, the test, the CTT and the test lab. I'll be talking in the near future to the responsible people from that test lab specifically in an interview. Okay, we're getting to the end, Peter. Is there any development you have experienced lately, any activity that may be coming up or any final thought that you would like to share with our listeners? Yeah, actually, a final thought is possibly a question I was being asked just recently by a, by a journalist And he wanted to, to understand what is really so unique about FLC. And when I thought about that, I came to the conclusion that it's probably really a once-in-a-lifetime chance with the FLC initiative to really drive harmonization, to really develop one common ecosystem for the whole industry that is getting the support by the large automation suppliers, by the additional small and medium enterprises. And the reason why it's a, a once-in-a-lifetime chance is, I think, that we are combining OPC way as a well-established standard in industry and combine this with other technologies coming out of IEC, IEEE. And by combining them, I believe this is really the time to go away from that specific smaller ecosystems that were being driven in the past by the different protagonists and really serve harmonization, convergence to develop one consistent worldwide standard. And this is the exciting piece. This is probably also a summary of, of our podcast today. I would agree, Peter. What a wonderful close-off as a USP, as FLC, as a once-in-a-lifetime chance for the industry. Perfect. Peter, thank you for sharing your inside knowledge regarding FLC, the field-level communication. If you, dear listener, want to learn more about OPC UA specifications, other pieces of the technology about the OPC Foundation, you may want to listen to the preceding OPC Foundation podcast editions or visit the website at opcfoundation.org. If you have a proposal for topics or interested in appearing on the OPC Foundation podcast, maybe you want to join one of the OPC UA companion specification working groups, or maybe you want to become a member of the OPC Foundation or otherwise, please mail the OPC Foundation at office at opcfoundation.org. We'll put both the URL and the mail address in the podcast notes. It was great to have you with us today. If you liked what you heard, give us a thumbs up, spread the news. Looking forward to have you with us again. And Peter, thank you very much for having been my guest today. No problem. Thanks. Thank you, Peter. Have a great day. You too.